really, really overjoyed and so stoked to be interviewing the one and only Father James Mellon. Father James, thanks for joining us on the journey. Jude, it's great to be here. Father James, in 2014, you wrote a book called Divine Renovation. You now find yourself in high demand right around the world all the time, going to conferences, people wanting a piece of you. What has happened between 2014 and 2022 that finds you sitting in a place in Australia with hundreds of people, a sell-out conference, just wanting to know what Divine Renovation can do to bring renewal to the church? What's been that snapshot of that journey? I know you could answer that question in a long time, but what's the snapshot of that journey for you? think of the words of St. Paul who says, you know, blessed be God who can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. And that would certainly apply to what's happened since the book was written, published in 2014. I mean, I didn't even know if, if anyone would even read that book. It was inside and I had to get it out. I'd been giving talks at different conferences and an editor approached me to publish a, a number of small books. And I, I said, yes. And then I, I was praying about it. And I thought, you know, I think I need to do one big, bigger book. I need to kind of reflect, pray about this. And it, kind of a look at it in a kind of a systematic way because I believe that as people of faith the reason we do what we do in churches whether Catholic or non-Catholic whatever is is deep down we we really believe that's what we're supposed to do and the reason we think that's what we're supposed to do is there's a there's often an operational theology that will shape what we do so anyway the book kind of got into that I got it out of my system I thought that's good uh, that's done and then people started to read the book and started to call us and it became quite overwhelming because at the time I was pastoring a, the largest church in my province and we weren't claiming to have, you know, arrived at being missional. That is like primarily outward focused, you know, to make disciples and to, and to reach the poor. And we, we were still struggling. We, we were only, you know, one third of the way through the journey, but people started calling us. I used to say to our team, you know, if you've got a plate of, fr- what do you call French fries over here? You call them chips? chips yeah. You've got a plate, plate of chips. And someone wants, one person wants one chip, that's no problem. I mean, maybe if three people want a chip, that's no problem. But if a thousand people want four chips, then we've got a problem because how do we continue to pass through this church and help in a sustainable way? So that's where we thought, well, we'll do a conference and maybe after the conference, people will leave us alone. And uh, we didn't know if anyone would come. I mean, we were just this church in Atlantic Canada and 600, you, you, you were at that conference. No, 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 you were at the, 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 the two, two years later, you were at that one. And uh, yeah, I think that even that first year, like 30 Aussies came and people from 14 countries. And after that, we sensed God calling us to start a ministry, which was like one and a half staff members in the basement of St. Benedict. And and God has just opened doors. I mean, uh, it's we now, I think, have about 55 staff around the world. We work in 75 countries. We've got international offices. We're completely donor-funded, which is terrifying. <laughs> it's like, you know, we said, Lord, you can you can grow this thing as big as you want or you can shrink it down. You know, and so I think ultimately we hit a nerve, you know, and we very quickly, the Lord had already been working in the hearts of pastors and lay leaders all around the world who had the same itch, who had the same discontent. And so part of what we do as a ministry is we exist to inspire and equip parish leaders, but also to connect because we're going to learn from each other. It's not about, you know, one church have somehow having all these answers. No, I think we've discovered a framework, uh, core principles that if you lean into them, they make the difference. So, Father James, the book is, and Divine Renovation, you know, without wanting to oversimplify it, is, is based on three three keys, three essential keys. Do you want to give us a quick summary of what they're all about for our listeners? Because there'll be a lot of people that are hearing this for the first time. You know, whenever you, you uh, 
communicate something, you have to simplify it and, you know, to take a book and say, well, what's ultimately essential? And that's where we come up with these three keys. A key is used to open a door. What's the door that's being opened? It's the door of moving a church from being inward focused to simply, you know, caring for the sheep, uh, which is divinely mandated. It's not a bad thing to care for the sheep, but we're also called to catch fish. Jesus says, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. So what is it that makes that shift? Through our experience and our own lived reality and working with churches around the world, we discern these three keys. The first one is the power of the Holy Spirit. As You're not doing anything unless we experience the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. He said, after the resurrection, stay in the city until you're clothed with power. Like, so often we, we create pastoral plans in churches that have a reasonable chance of success if God doesn't actually show up. I mean, it, it, think about that. It's, it's horrendous. So uh, we need to have God's power or, or we're not doing anything. So that's the first key. The second key is the primacy of evangelization, which this is really living what our church teaches. I mean, Pope John Paul II said in 1984 that for churches, evangelization, bringing people to Jesus, making disciples, is to be primary, preeminent, and preferential. So is one thing to say that, how to actually do that in a parish, or how to actually slowly make it primary, uh, is, we could talk about that for a couple of weeks, but we don't have time. So primacy of evangelization, making the main thing the main thing, that is the main thing, and that is the making of disciples is ultimately linked to making disciples, forming disciples, equipping disciples, and sending disciples. That's where we get the term missionary disciples, but Pope Francis speaks about a lot. The third key is the best of leadership. And again, leadership is, is an enormous topic, which most most of us, no matter what our Christian tradition, if you go to the seminary, you, you don't learn anything about leadership. And so we need to learn because past what we call pastoral conversion, basically changing our methods to adjust to the fact that we now live in a different world, a post-Christian world, that transformation doesn't just happen by itself. It needs to be led. And so we need to learn how to lead. And one of the, the essential points of the leadership part is that we work with pastors to help them not just lead a team, but lead out of a team, a kind of form of shared leadership that exists in the middle ground between Leadership by committee, because it's not leadership by committee, that's a disaster. Uh, and it's not mere, mere consultation either. It's, it's shared leadership. And it, when it works, it's a beautiful thing. And so those are the three keys. When they work together and you, you're really intentional about it, with time, because it does take time. You can't fast track church renewal to turning around a church. Uh, it in, makes an incredible difference and produces incredible fruit of people. Your church becoming a place where people encounter Jesus uh, are welcomed, uh, have their lives transformed, uh, find community, are equipped for ministry, and uh, sent forth owning the mission uh, of Jesus in this world. Well, we need to wrap up the interview that we're we've, we're doing with Father James Mallon. How good is it? What a what a wonderful wonderful guy! And what an impact he's having for renewal of parishes, listening to the Spirit, responding wholeheartedly, and and really providing some great insights and tools into how parishes can be faithful, and it's so often the case, therefore fruitful, when they make evangelization the main thing and, and stick to some of the key principles. We will be continuing this conversation with Father James Mellon next week, going to dive into how parishes can make the main thing the main thing, focus on evangelization, and the explanation why Alpha, or something like it, is so essential to parish renewal, that uh, proclamation of the basic gospel. 
Hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Don't forget, as is always the case, with any of our inputs, you can go to jcr.org.au. That'll take you to our webpage, and you can flick down that. You can see all of our favourite presenters. People love clicking on them, or you can go to some of our interviews, such as today's interview with Father James, and I'm sure there'll be lots of people that are particularly keen to do that today.